you know, I think it's a journey for a lot of us. It's not something that hurts us. It's something that's an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves. It's an opportunity for us to overcome something that maybe we didn't feel like we were prepared for at the beginning. For me, it's something that I've learned a lot from. I think I have become a better person as a result of having it. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. This is episode 12 of Alopecia Life, and this is a special edition, Ninja Warrior Wednesday with Kevin Bull. This is a really exciting episode. Growing up, many of us haven't seen any celebrities on television who were bald and weren't villains. And so it's exciting to see that Kevin Pohl can play himself. And he's really become the face of alopecia. I know that any stranger on the street would come up to me and say, hey, do you know that guy on American Ninja Warrior? And I would definitely know who he was talking about. And so it's really wonderful to have that positive role model out there for the kids who are just being diagnosed, who can see that somebody can understand them. Somebody's living with their same condition and they're making a difference. I'm so privileged to know Kevin and to share this interview with you today. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on Alopecia Life today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're all excited. This is much anticipated, I might say. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear. And uh, we've done a few things in the past together as well. Yeah, yep, we have. And I'm always really pleased with the outcome. Let's talk a little bit about your alopecia diagnosis, because I know a lot of people see you and they go, okay, yeah, he has alopecia, but many people don't really know where it all started for you. Sure. Uh, Well, for me, it started when I was 21 years old and I uh, had just kind of moved out on my own for the first time. I was going to school in Arizona. And yeah, I was caught up in a lot of other things. And it was actually a friend who pointed out that it looked like I was developing a a bald patch. So a friend of mine that I met down there. So that was kind of a surprise to me. I noticed little things like more than usual shedding of hair. But when somebody else like said, hey, I think you got something going on there, uh, that was kind of a big shock. And that's when I first started to take a step back and say, maybe I've been too distracted with other things and I got to figure out what's going on with me right now. Yeah. And what, what did that look like for you then? You, did you go to a doctor? Did you just kind of reassess what was going on? I did go to a doctor. Yeah. So I think that was the first step when I realized I had a patch of hair missing and I wasn't sure why. And I went in and there was uh, some back and forth at the beginning. I remember the first diagnosis was of something called valley fever Mm -hmm. that they have in Phoenix area Mm -hmm. of Arizona, where it's caused by dust, I guess, and it has some different reactions. It's, of course, not what it was, but they thought it was uh, some sort of reaction to the dust out there. But turns out it was actually (laughs) alopecia, which they diagnosed a little bit later after Mm -hmm. a few tests, and I think it was a test medication. Then I was referred to a lady who was an expert on it in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But I think everywhere that I bounced to is kind of the same story. 
regarding alopecia, which was that, you know, there is there is no cure for it. Once it starts, there's no no cure. There's treatments. None of them work particularly well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, it's hard to accept that as well when you first get diagnosed. Right. And so I know in the book you mentioned some stressors that came up when you were out on your own. It was the first time, like you said. And do you think those were contributing factors to what was going on with you? I think that they that they were. I think mm-hmm. that was a contributing factor for me. I think I, I let myself get too worked up by the things that I felt were important and things I, were, I was struggling to do at the time. And uh, I let that stress kind of overwhelm me in a lot of ways and thought I would just tough through it. And uh, what ended up happening, though, was that I, uh, I developed the condition as a result, I believe. I know that different people have different beliefs about how it starts for, for them. Right. But that's what right. it seems like to me. Right. And I think that, that we're all kind of very careful, right, on that perspective. When somebody says stress, it makes you feel like, you know, you can't handle the things that are going on in your life. And so you just go bald. And that just isn't the reality for <laughs> Yeah, for, well, I mean, people, so. yeah, it's not that you couldn't handle it. I, I felt capable of emotionally handling the stress, but there was a physical uh, reaction that I think developed as a result of it. And it was kind of my first realization as a young person that, you know, the way you treat yourself <laughs> is important. And there is a big connection between the way you're feeling and things that actually happen to you. And when we first saw you, and how long ago was that on American Ninja Warrior and Cannonball uh, Alley? That was that was six seasons ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And could you have ever pictured what would happen in the alopecia community just from you being on there? I, I had no idea at the beginning what a great effect it was going to have. In fact, early on, I wasn't sure that I wanted to share that story. Um, when I first arrived, I uh, was thinking about focusing more on just the athletic aspect of it. I had been a longtime competitor in sports all through college and high school, and and that's kind of what I was thinking when I when I gravitated towards the show. And it was the producers that kind of talked to me and they said, hey, you know, this is something that you should talk about. And I, I decided to, to do that. And I'm really glad that I did because it did bring a lot of awareness. Uh, it was a great platform. It is still a great platform to spread that awareness. And I, I had no idea. You know, you, th- you think of things as kind of just happening in the world around you. And mm-hmm. it's actually it can very much be influenced by what it is you choose to do. And, and that's an amazing thing to see happen. Right. And I've interviewed folks before who have said, you know, I was not really prepared for for this kind of celebrity. And I and it kind of shifted in, in a in a bad way, you know, for them it, and they weren't really ready for it. And so I'm so glad to hear that it didn't have that effect on you. And, you know, we have a lot of people in our alopecia community that are on TV, are in movies, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. making it an impact. But anytime I have my book sitting out anywhere and I'm at an event, people are like, oh, you know that guy? You know that guy on American Ninja Warrior? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually open to it on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's He's your picture. <laughs> Very cool. And so it's a constant. You are kind of a household name. I, I don't know what that feels like, really. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's hard to... Yeah, it's. I don't think that you're equipped with a feeling for something like that, <laughs> to be totally honest. Um, it's cool. I'm glad that people that people seem to know me where, wherever I go, and I'm glad that people want to say hello, and that's awesome. 
Right. Does it give you a moment of pause really when you kind of are out in the world? Because you can't, when you have alopecia, you know, you can definitely say, okay, well, I'll, I'll wear a sweatshirt today or I'll wear a hat and, and maybe not be as conspicuous, but you are really a very visible person, you know, going to the movies, going out to eat. Are you, are people approaching you? Uh, yes, I do get approached a lot. I get, uh, I like it when I get approached. I also get people that recognize me, but don't say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've caught people sometimes sneaking pictures and things like that when they think I'm not looking and I'd rather you just say hello. Right. Um, but it's an interesting dynamic and it definitely, I think, while there's challenges with that, not being able to kind of fade into the background, it also, it's a challenge to better yourself um, mm-hmm. because you do need to be a little bit more careful. You've got to think about the fact that everybody kind of knows who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think as long as you look at it that way, uh, it can help you to be a better person. But you do have to stay accountable to, to all those new people. Totally. Yep. I get that for sure. So that brings me to a couple questions from some kids who who called in and left a message for you. And I'm just going to maybe ask a couple, then we'll kind of do some more interview. Yeah. Tegan, who is age three, she wants to know, why do you work at Dojo Boom? (laughs) (laughs) Why do I work at Dojo Boom? Well, I work at Dojo Boom because Ninja Warrior is more than a TV show. It's also a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle I was living before it became a TV show. I enjoyed trying those weird challenges. It's the idea around kind of exploring really what the human body is capable of uh, in terms of motion and movement. And because the human body is really very interestingly built for that sort of thing, even when you compare us, when you compare us to the, to the rest of the animal kingdom, it, there's a lot of animals that are faster and stronger than us, or, but uh, we're very versatile and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's good to explore. And I had the benefit of growing up in an area that was very easy to do that in. I had a, a lot of open spaces right in the backyard of my house. There was a great woodlands areas, lots of varied terrain. I grew up in uh, Santa Cruz County, California. So I had ocean, I had uh, redwood forests, I had rivers, I had there were caves. And it's something that not everybody has access to. And I didn't realize until probably I went off to college and started visiting other places and living in them, uh, just how different that, that place was. So Dojo Boom is a artificially constructed area, unlike what I grew up in, but it's designed to let you explore that side. And it's something that that can be reached by a lot more people. So I wanted to, to start working there really to encourage that kind of movement and lifestyle in other people that maybe didn't have access to it before. Awesome. Thank you. I'm sure Tegan will love that answer. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, we have some that are a little bit similar. So we've got Riker, who's 10, says, why did you start Ninja Warrior? What made you go on? Well, I, Riker, love competing in sports, and um, I had competed in track all through college, and there wasn't really much more that I could do with track and field, and I hadn't been competing for several years, and I really wanted to get back into something, and Ninja Warrior looked like it was something I was better suited for than I had been for track or anything else that I might do, Uh, and it wasn't easy to get on the show, but I thought it was worth putting in the effort and giving it a try. 
Yeah. And Henry actually then has a follow-up question to that. Hi, Kevin. It's me, Henry. How did you get on the American Ninja Warrior? (laughs) I got on American Ninja Warrior by walking on. So every year, the possible competitors make a video and they send that in to the producers for the casting process. And I was not, my video was not selected. However, um, there is also a walk online that people can do. So if you didn't get chosen, you can try to get a spot by waiting in front of the course. At least you used to be able to. They've changed it a little bit. Uh, But for me, I had to camp out for four days uh, on Venice Beach in California, (laughs) which is not a good camping area. (laughs) And I was, I think, 10th in line. And I was very lucky to get a run spot because it wasn't guaranteed. So a bunch of people went before me and I was placed in a ready position on the front at the starting line. And if any of the competitors that had been called after they submitted their videos were not ready to go, I was going to get their spot. But everybody wanted to run. Nobody (laughs) decided to chicken out. Uh, Nobody forgot their shoes. So eventually the crew broke for lunch and after that they decided that they would just let me run because i had been waiting for so long which was Mm -hmm. awesome and that's how i got my first run on ninja warrior i had been jogging in place for about four and a half hours (laughs) (laughs) i can see it now that's incredible and you hear you know as you're watching the show people are saying oh this you know they were in the walk online for you know a week and i'm just Mm -hmm. thinking how do how do you actually manage to do that? I mean, were you a student at the time that you did that or were you graduated? That's a great question. Yeah. So I had actually, I was graduated. I'd actually been in the workplace for a number of years and I had spent the last three years working at a bank. And I decided that year that I was going to try something new. So I quit my job. I had been working, doing work with stock trading Uh, while I was working at the bank, and I was doing better there than I was working at the bank. So Mm -hmm. I decided to use that to support myself for a while, and I was either going to go back to college or become a ninja warrior. (laughs) And uh, becoming a ninja warrior worked out. Incredible. And Nolan, so he he asked, why do you like to do American Ninja Warrior? But we talked about that a little bit with the competitiveness. And he has another question. He Mm -hmm. would like to know, how long did you train before you went on American Ninja Warrior? And you might have answered that. Let's maybe talk about your daily training routine a little bit. Sure, I'd be happy to. I mean, before I went on Ninja Warrior, I had dedicated about six months to training. But really... Ninja Warrior encompasses such a wide range of skills that it's hard to say anything other than it's something you train for your whole life. Right. Um, started when I was a kid climbing on trees, and uh, I learned a variety of skills as I went along, and all of those skills have been necessary at some point on some course. But for my regular training, when I am really gearing up for competition, I like to do two or three days a week of CrossFit, two or three days a week of rock climbing, uh, one day a week of parkour or ninja course running, and then it's good to sneak in a long run somewhere in there. But there are specific skills that you need to train as well. And that really depends on what obstacles I think are gonna I'm going to see, 
what areas I think I'm weak in or haven't trained in a while. And that's less structured, but it's also an important part of the training. Right. And do you have a training facility outside of Dojo Boom? Because I know that's not going to give you those new obstacles, right, that are presented mm-hmm. on the show. That's true. And really, we don't have a way of getting new obstacles <laughs> uh, as ninjas. They uh, do their best to keep those secret. So Totally. They should. Yeah. And that's <laughs> part of the show. Uh, it's an important part of the sport as well, is the not knowing exactly what you're going to face. So we try to train just a variety of things so that we're prepared for anything. It does help to have a replica of something to train on, but Mm -hmm. that's not something we can always feasibly do. So I do train in as many different areas as I can. There are other places to train, like I'll go to a rock climbing gym. There are other ninja gyms that I visit as well. Near me right now is one called Ninja Academy, which Mm -hmm. just opened up. And they've been awesome, giving us a lot of space and the ability to set our own courses. And it's been really cool. And also near me, but kind of a drive from where I am, is a place called Movement Lab. That's in San Dimas down here. And uh, that's run by Arnold Hernandez, another ninja. And some other ninjas help him as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. And let's see. I'm Landon from New York. And I'm six. And I'm wondering... How do you get so strong? Well, the key to getting stronger or better is actually in just incremental progression. Uh, You want to do something uh, to the best of your ability. And then once you know what that is, you need to turn the dial just one notch up and try it, but make it a little harder. And if you do that over and over and over again, over time, you get a lot stronger. Thank you. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. And let's see, general questions we get all the time, I think, and probably you hear a lot. What do you eat? (laughs) Um, What do I eat? I actually, I kind of eat what I feel like eating. I'm one of those people. Um, (laughs) So I may not be the best one to go through if you're looking for dieting advice, but one thing that is kind of unique about my diet is I don't eat any uh, dairy product. That's the only thing that is probably unusual and very consistent about the diet that I choose. Yeah, that's I have an I had an allergy since I was a, a young kid. Okay. Um, allergic to I get like a throat reaction from dairy. It's not yeah. very not very extreme, but when you're an athlete trying to avoid anything that's causing any more inflammation than you're already getting from your workouts is a good idea. Right. Have you had any inflammatory factors kind of checked or anything like that because as we know, alopecia is autoimmune. No, I wouldn't say that I've checked it out. Uh, I spend as little time at the doctors as possible. Um, <laughs> but yep. I am mindful of what my body is telling me to the best of my ability. I uh, do pay close attention to little aches and pains, uh, anything that is inflammatory. I know that as a, as a parkour athlete... <laughs> I sometimes will land on and get swelling in like a knee for what feels like almost no reason, even if it's not a very big impact. It's just the nature of knees. But um, yeah, so I watch out for those sorts of things. But the answer is usually ice and ibuprofen. Okay, great. So I know Nate from Washington, he would like to know, will you be attending Cap Camp Northwest up here in Seattle? Ah, I would like to attend Cap Camp Northwest, but it's going to depend a little bit on the filming schedule for me. There are 
two times I have missed some pretty big cap events, and those are both because they conflicted with Ninja Warrior filming. And I don't know exactly what those dates are until later. Okay. And my, that answers my next question, because Lyric, who is my son, wanted to know if you're going to compete next season. So that answers that. <laughs> well, as far as I know, yes. Every one of us has to be brought back in. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have any free rides. I certainly hope to be back on the show next season. I will be applying. So is the application process exactly the same then? I mean, do you have to send in that video and do all of that? I do. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Just like everybody else. Interesting. I always wonder about that. Thank you. I had a question I didn't realize. I know I have another question about the finals. Okay, so we've been watching for the last four weeks, right? And we see all the four stages and they look like they're done all in one night, but they're spread out over four weeks, right? The Mm -hmm. different stages. Is that how it happens? I mean, are you there for like 24 hours or how, how is that? Usually the finals uh, for us is about a week of filming. Okay. And uh, most of those nights we're filming something. (laughs) If you're a ninja, your uh, season encompasses one weekend for the qualifiers and the finals of the regionals and then the week for everything else that happens in Las Vegas. (laughs) Okay. So yes, it is all pulled together for filming. Okay. Molly, who you know from Minnesota, Mm -hmm. she says, This is Molly from Stillwater, Minnesota. Hi, Kevin. I have two questions for you. Do you ever feel lonely with alopecia? What do you do about it? And if you could end alopecia, would you? Well, that's a great question from Molly. How do you talk to new people about alopecia? And I think it's just really important to stay uh, positive and upbeat and factual about your description of what alopecia is. Usually if somebody asks about it, I just tell them, hey, you know, I have alopecia. It means my body doesn't grow hair. And it's as simple as that. If they have more questions, they'll definitely ask. And uh, then you can answer them as they come. But basically, that's what I like to do. Keep it simple. I don't feel lonely with alopecia. I don't think that alopecia is something that has to make you lonely. I think that it's your interactions with people and the way you choose to approach them that will determine in the end if they're your friend or not. Also, their personality as well (laughs) plays a big part. (laughs) But I think if you, I don't think you should ever use alopecia as a reason why something isn't happening for you. And even if it were to be the case that alopecia was playing a role, I don't think it benefits us to think that it's the case. Mm-hmm. Yep. And last one from Molly. If you could end alopecia, would you? I uh, would not end alopecia specifically, although if uh, scientists could unlock the meanings of immune systems and how to regulate them, I would definitely think that would be an important thing to do. But alopecia itself you know, I think it's a journey for a lot of us. It's not something that hurts us. It's something that's an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves. It's an opportunity for us to overcome something that maybe we didn't feel like we were prepared for at the beginning. For me, it's something that I've learned a lot from. I think I have become a better person as a result of having it. And that's not something I would necessarily take away from someone else. Mm, Awesome advice. Thank you. 
All right. Our next one is from Ashlyn, and she is 15, and she wants to know what's the hardest part about having alopecia. That's a great question. The hardest part of alopecia, honestly, I believe the hardest part happens right at the beginning. I think the toughest part is coming up with a new plan for yourself because usually when you get it the first time, it's not something you expected. It's something that you can't escape, and it's something that causes you to have to make a new plan. I wasn't sure at all how people were going to respond to me when I first got it, and I decided fairly early on that I was going to be very proactive about my interactions with people. I was going to make more of an effort to talk to them. I was going to uh, try to pay more attention to how I'm saying things to make sure they understand that you know I'm interested in them and I'm happy and I'm upbeat and I feel confident uh, because I was afraid that they'd see something else if I wasn't projecting that. The decision to do that helped me to break out of a shell I think I had before having alopecia. It was an important and a big um, a big step for personal development. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of moms tell me that it happens to kids and they, they learn that skill set, right? That's something that they have to push themselves a little bit more than they would normally have to do or something that maybe we never learn in life, right? Unless something yeah. like this happens to us. So, yeah, I agree with that so much. Yeah, and that's something I've seen in a lot of kids as well that have developed it. They become very articulate, <laughs> right. very thoughtful. A lot of them become more confident, I think, than they would have been, and they may not realize that, mm-hmm. um, but they are more proactive and they're more, they have gone through a transformation, and it's not a bad transformation. Right. And Ashlyn would like to know what's the best thing about having alopecia? <laughs> the best thing about having alopecia? Well, I like to spend as little time on necessary grooming as possible, and that has been the best thing about alopecia for me. I can uh, I can get up and go whenever I want to get up and go. <laughs> yes, I think that's a benefit for all of us for sure. <laughs> and all right, the next question. And you you answered a little bit, but do you think you'd be where you are today if you didn't have alopecia? I would not be where I am today if I didn't have alopecia. And you know, it's partly for two reasons. Partly it's because the decision to go on TV and be part of a show like Ninja Warrior, alopecia has made me very distinctive and easy to recognize, which is an asset in that setting. But the bigger part is that, you know, the transformation process that I went through to become accustomed to having it and to approach um, my life in a different way because of it was something that ended up being very beneficial. And it's allowed me to, when you don't have the, I guess what I'd say is this, when you don't have the ability to just shrink into the background Mm -hmm. and stay there, then you don't do that. (laughs) And it's not a good thing to do, to shrink into the background and and just stay there and try to do what everybody else is doing. Because that doesn't lead you to a great spot. It leads you to a mediocre spot. The fact that that's not an option means you've got the option to go for something better. And I like going for it all the time now. Fantastic. So those questions were all from Ashlyn. And how comfortable were you with public speaking and being in front of the camera before American Enjoyer? 
But I think public speaking is always hard. Um, yes. <laughs> in fact, I'm more nervous about public speaking without a camera uh, than I am about public speaking with a camera for some reason. <laughs> but I learned how to speak in sort of a presentation format when I was working as a banker, I think more than any other time because you'd sit with people and you'd have to present ideas and obviously the audience was only like one or two people but you really did have to project and uh, think about how you were explaining things and think about what you were going to say and it's the same thing when you're on tv for an interview as well so i felt actually very prepared from that background when i started interviewing for ninja and as far as athletics goes well the audience was much smaller for all the sports that I did before. I was used to being in front of stands that had people in them and have other people watch you while you're competing. So that part also felt comfortable. I think repetition really helps with those sorts of things. Yes, I agree with that for sure. And so Haley from California would like to know, before you became an awesome ninja warrior, what did you dream of becoming and why? (laughs) Yeah, before I became a ninja warrior, I actually, that's a great question. I was working towards a career in some sort of financial field, actually, because I find economics to be very interesting. And that, I guess, is very different from from being a ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it is less fun than being a ninja. But it is also a very interesting and interesting world. So I wanted to really understand the way people trade with one another. And I wanted to work in a field where that was the focus. And I know you and I talked about this um, a few months ago, having some of the ninjas asking you for financial advice. <laughs> and, and so has, has Drew Dreschel reached out to you in the last you know, <laughs> few, few months to ask for <laughs> No, Drew help. has not asked for financial <laughs> advice from me. Um, so I hope that he's got it all figured out. I think he does. He's He's got a, his own gym system. He's got several gyms. He's got, from what I understand, a good business partner that helps him with that too. And uh, I think that Drew is going to be a powerhouse for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. I think he's got his house in order. And this great victory is only really icing on the cake to a long and very successful career that is going to continue. Thank you for all that. And I know that parents who are listening right now are, they might be asking for that nugget of advice on how to encourage their children when they've been Mm -hmm. diagnosed or if they're having a really tough time in school or in athletics, what word of advice would you give to them? Yeah, so that's an interesting one. And it depends, I think, a little bit on the child. But in broad strokes, it's important that the individual chooses how they are going to become comfortable with their alopecia. And the tricky thing, though, for parents, I think, is that there's a lot of people who won't immediately go to that as what they think they need to do. So the role of the parent is to stay very supportive of your child and to let them know that they're loved and that they're going to be okay. And also to cautiously and gently keep nudging them to get them to the point where they're thinking about, how do I become comfortable with this? If you try to get them into some thinking about sort of an escape mentality where you're distracting them from what's going on all the time, that may slow the process. And the faster they can go from being 
unconfident, too confident, the less time in their life they're going to miss. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Thank you. What do you think the role is for the support group for helping that process along? Well, I think that the best role for support groups is really just, it's nothing very technical. I think it's just about having a good community, people who are all working towards the same goal, people who support each other. And it should be mostly about, you know, having fun and building confidence. That's really what it's all about. So fun and confidence, and that's a good support group. So the big question, dating advice, the big, <laughs> the big one. Okay. Are you in a relationship right now? I am in a relationship. Yes, you are. Do you want to share anything about that? Sure. Um, (laughs) I am in a relationship with an awesome girl. We do a long distance relationship and we get to see each other every once in a while. Would be nice if we saw each other more often, but we have a lot of shared interests, which is very cool. She's very interested in sports. She's a dancer and has danced professionally. And she's also an entrepreneur and has started her own business this year. So we, uh, we share a number of common interests that way. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And do you have any dating advice for for those single adults, single teenagers <laughs> who are kind of out there going, who's, you know, hey, does alopecia sure. have anything to do with this process or is it the same kind of for everybody? Well, it has something to do with it, but it's also kind of the same for everybody. So whenever you're meeting people, there's going to be things that they like about you and there's going to be things that they don't like about you. And alopecia is one of those things. (laughs) Either way, Mm -hmm. there are some people for which that's going to be a plus. There are some people for which it's not. And I think the important thing is to understand that everybody that you're meeting, everybody that you could date, you know, they all have things that they want uh, to get out of having a relationship. And they should be able to get those things as well. So you should never be upset if somebody loses interest. You should just let them know that, you know, that's okay. And maybe the sparks aren't flying and keep going on to the next one because uh, there are out few people out there for with whom sparks will fly. So yeah, basically open and lighthearted is a good approach to dating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you meet your girlfriend? I was traveling, which I do a lot. And I was going to a uh, competition. It was like a Spartan race. And I was exploring the city afterwards. And I saw her with a friend outside of a, it was kind of late at night. And it was a, I guess it was a bar slash restaurant. And they were just talking. And we kind of looked at each other. And I thought she was really cute. So I, I walked over and I said, hello. <laughs> and uh, that's how we, that's how we met. Okay, that is a great end to our interview, I think. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with everybody that we haven't talked about yet? No, I think uh, I think this was a great interview. I just want to share that I think it's awesome that you're you're doing this podcast, and uh, I really appreciate you inviting me to be to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great to have a place where we can talk about these things. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know how busy you are and you are so willing to do it. So thank you. For those who are listening right now, is there a way to reach you? Do you have a way to, for people to get fan mail to you? 
or social media? Yes. Um, my social media handle is Kevin the Bull with underscores instead of spaces. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can reach me by sending messages to any of those handles. Right now, I don't have a physical fan mail address because I'm going to be moving. In the future, I'll have one set up again. So <laughs> sorry, I don't have one at the moment. That's all right. Social media is the way to go. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here again, and we will see what's new and coming up for you. And good luck with your audition for American Ninja Warrior. Thank you very much, Dan. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us today on Alopecia Life. For all those social media links that Kevin mentioned, I'll have them in my show notes and also on our Facebook page. If for some reason your child wasn't able to get a question they would like to ask Kevin, feel free to share them on our Alopecia Life Facebook group and we will work really hard to get those answers for you. Thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.